So, you loyal listeners have probably noticed that the last couple of weeks have been a little bit off. It's because I'm on a family vacation. It's prolonged as we're visiting family in Arizona and um, doing some fun things with family. Anyways, today I find myself in Heber, Arizona, up in the Pines. Beautiful scenery. And I'm sitting on, I have no idea how old this tractor is, but it's rusted out and really old, probably from the 20s or 30s. And I'm recording this so that I get something out this week because I didn't get anything out on Monday. I'm just going to do an in their own words um, from a story written by my grandfather, Clyde Higginson. This one's about his experience as a bomber pilot over the Pacific in World War II. This one's called Faint Right, Dive Left. I'm out in nature, as I mentioned, so you may hear some birds chirping or maybe some family talking a few hundred feet behind me in the cabin. But uh, I'm just enjoying things. It's beautiful. I'm having a good time. As always, I'm really grateful for the support of our partner, A Life Untold. As I've mentioned in previous episodes, my mother, Deborah Barton, has been working on getting her story together so that she can get that hardbound book. And I've got her standing here right with me. And I'm going to ask her a few questions about how it's going so you can kind of get an idea of what it looks like. So, Mom, how is how are you enjoying this A Life Untold process? Well, it has started me doing something that I have wanted to do for years and years and years. Probably for the last at least five years, I have said for Christmas, I'm going to have my life story written up so that I can give it to my kids for Christmas. Mm. So that's been five years, and um, nothing happened. <laughs> <laughs> I would maybe write one story, and then that would be it, and then I'd forget it for another year or two, and then I'd say, for Christmas, I'm going to finish my life story. And then when Justin gave me this opportunity, it it was it is so fun. It is so fun. I'm not done with it yet, but I'm getting pretty close, better than I've ever been. And um, what it's done as, as I have answered the questions, because there's kind of questions there that you just answer, and once you start answering the questions, a lot of things just start coming back. And uh, you hit this little button that says save, and then continue, and then you go to the next one. But you can always go back, because I found as I've answered some of the questions down the road that it brings up something that I went, oh, gosh, I'm going to want to put that in there. And so I go back and to that question area, and I can put it in. So it's not like once you've left the question, you can never go back and put a little more or change it around a little bit. Or even I have found sometimes that the questions down the road ask it in a better way to be answered than I answered it in a question previously. Mm. So it's, it's so you can make changes. I have loved it, and it's made me do, not made me, but it's, it has, I want to do it now because I can see it happening. I think the thing that's going to be the trickiest for me, and Justin said he would help me with this, is putting pictures with it, because I'm not very computer <laughs> literate that was computer gonna, smart. That was actually going to be my ne qu next question. <laughs> Tell me how computer literate you are. Oh, not. <laughs> not. <laughs> but the process of the interview process has been it's pretty simple. It's easy. Very easy. Mm. Very easy. I just hook on to the link, and it pops up, and... Then I just go through to the question where I'm at. I'm now to the point where 
where we're married and I'm starting to have kids. Wow. So, so, so far, what has been the most thought-provoking question that was on there that made you go, hmm, that's really something that I maybe haven't thought about for a long time, but it's really bringing things back? Well, they ask questions about your friends, your friends mm -hmm. when you were a child and your friends in high school and, and your friends into your adult life. And um, that's made me go back and think about some of my childhood friends that I haven't really thought a whole lot about, mm -hmm. and yet what an important role they played in my life. In fact, one of my high school friends was actually the one that kind of got my husband and I together, Justin's dad and I together. And huh. so, and I'd kind of, you know, I, rem I remember that, but I don't think about it much. But yeah. And that was a fun thing to go back mm -hmm. on and reflect on. Yes. Very cool. Well, I'm really excited to see the end mm -hmm. result and, and be able to see that. And I'm really, every time I talk to you and you share a little bit about me, it gets me real excited and, and really makes me see the value of this partnership we have with A Life Untold. And, uh, and uh, I'm just excited to see it and excited to see the, the excitement in your eyes it about it, too. It is. It has been a very, very, very good thing for me. And uh, I think because... Your dad, mm -hmm. Bob's been around, and he's kind of looked at some of the stuff mm -hmm. I've been writing. So I'm hoping that after I get done with mine, he'll maybe do his, yeah. and then we'll have both mom and dad's. That would be really cool. But, yeah. Well, very good. So there you have it. Uh, First-hand testimonial of the process of A Life Untold. And as she finishes up, we'll do this again when it gets finished up to do a reflection on it. But... Uh, Go check it out, alifeuntold.com. Make sure you use promo code Justin, J-U-S-T-I-N, at checkout, and you'll save 10% on it. Faint right, dive left, by Clyde Higginson. The year 1945 found me in the Army Air Force as a first pilot, airplane commander of a B-29, with a crew of 10 other men, for me to direct and hope to bring all back home alive. On my 28th birthday, April 12th, we landed at Hawaii and heard that President Roosevelt had passed away. We then went on to Saipan, where the powers that be gave our airplane to another crew who had to ditch theirs. So we unhappily rode a transport to Guam and were assigned to the 330th Bomb Group, 458th Bomb Squadron of the 20th Air Force stationed at North Field. We flew several missions to Japan, and then a new plane, number K-41, was assigned to us. It was a very good one, built at Boeing in Seattle, Washington. We had been having very good luck on our first ten missions. Then things scary began happening. When I think back at all of the experiences, the most harrowing one had to be the kamikaze one while flying over Wakayama on the inland sea of southern Japan. To survive this one, we know we were favored by our Heavenly Father. When reaching our barracks area in Guam, the first thing I did was to find a secluded spot and ask him to please, please give me the wisdom, knowledge, and protection to keep our crew safe and get them back to their respective families when their duty was done. After my prayer, I had a special, peaceful feeling of assurance. A prayer before takeoff was standard procedure of our beloved chaplain. The fates of ten good men on a feller that only wanted to be a fighter pilot was overwhelming. No one could have surpassed my desire again to behold the face of my beloved Thelma and my daughter Sharon Ann and Linda Joy, ages two and one, whom I had bid a teary goodbye to at Fort Kearney, Nebraska. 
As we took off for our target to be bombed in squadron formation near Wakayama, the engines purred like a cat eating cream. But just one half hour from rendezvous, where we formed in squadron formation for the bomb run, our left inboard engine blew a cylinder and had to be feathered immediately. Our secondary target was Wakayama, just off to our right. By using a little more gas and climbing to 15,000 feet, we figured we'd be safe from anti-aircraft flak and still be able to get to Iwo Jima for repairs. With these 1,000-pound bombs, we could do a lot of damage to big warehouses and railroad yards we could see on the coast. We played like we were a sleeper plane, one who took pictures only. We did not open our bomb bay doors and even let the propeller on our bad engine windmill to make them believe all was well with us. Art Talbot, the bombardier from New Jersey, shouted, Bomb bay doors coming open. He lined up on those juicy-looking targets below with his accurate Norden bombsight. So far, not one shot had been fired at us. How come? I asked Dick Farr, my co-pilot. Dick answered, Dunno. Seems weird. And no ack-ack. Then Art yelled, Bombs away! They're in a string and they'll rip them! Moments later, Houghton, the upper gunner, screams, Wow! Look at those railroad cars flying end over end. Hey, keep a beady eye out for those Jap fighters, warned Dick. Just then, we heard a big, extra-special boom, and a huge column of smoke-encrusted debris shot up to almost our, our altitude, the concussion rocking our plane. You must have hit the jackpot, burst out Johnson, our trusty tail gunner from Jacksonville, Florida. Bet it was an ammunition dump. Let's get out of here and back to Iwo Jima. We can't get to home on three engines. Let's make good use of that little island, referring to, little, to, to Iwo Jima which was taken at great cost by American servicemen. We would have been down in Davy Jones' locker at least five times if we didn't have it secured. God bless them. Give us a heading for Ewo, Richard, I hollers into the microphone to our navigator, Richard Schaefer from Aberdeen, South Dakota. Before we could turn, Dick Farbellows, Fighter, 12 o'clock level. A mere speck with wings appeared out of that direction at a closing speed of over 600 miles per hour. There was no time for any plan. Into my mind flashed the instructions, faint right, dive left. I cranked old cue ball, the name of our plane, into a slight bank to the right. The Jap Zero banked to head us off. Kamikaze, I shouts. Get ready for evasive action. Then I stand old cue ball on her nose while banking left. I then pulled back on the control yoke very hard. As we shot into that downward spiral to the left, the big rising sun that looked like a meatball on the wing of that zero flashed by our nose. Missed us by a whole ten feet, observed the bombardier, as we pulled slowly out of our dive spiral. He just dove into the ground, added Johnson, a not-so-honored kamikaze pilot. That was in their own words, a harrowing story that my grandfather shared with us. Thank you, and have a good week.